Okay, so I was in the middle of complaining, and then we had to start the show, but I'm not done complaining. Well, <clears throat> let's go for it. What's right. happening? It's just, it's just too, well, uh, I guess I should uh, let's maybe, maybe practice a little gratitude. I have a big announcement. Stick to what you're good at. <laughs> the complaining. <laughs> yes, I'm better at the complaining. That's why I want to get the gratitude part of the, of the show out of the way. Okay. But it's a big announcement. Batch 22 is now actually a thing we have the trademark i don't know if i've said the name on the air but have i been saying the name before or if i've been saying we've been i don't think so I, I don't know if you have to be honest we got the notice of allowance on the trademark congratulations that's great and i have i have ordered my my um vanity license plates when's the booze cruise which I've always hated vanity license plates, and now I've ordered vanity. Are you license serious? Plates. You're really yeah. doing it. Vanity license plates that say batch 22, which means that henceforth, once they arrive, my car will be known as the batch. The batch mobile. Oh, the batch mobile. Pretty good, huh? Yeah, that's, that's pretty, pretty good. good. That's uh, that's pretty that's pretty snappy. Yeah, I'm pretty happy. Well, congratulations. That's really exciting. That's great. So, so all this work, you know, you've been, you've been trying to do to create this thing with this name, and it's so much a part of it. Yeah. And you really hope that you get the that name we you got want. Got the name, yeah. Um, because we really can't start marketing the product and talking to investors without having a like. Well, what is it? What's it going to be called? Uh, our drinky thing. It's we're going to call it our drinky yeah. thing. And you can't have a, a picture, you know, of dad flying an airplane on the bottle if it's not right. called Batch 22. Oh, can you imagine? Can you imagine? What I wanted to do for one of the ads was have the clip from Catch 22 where uh, Jack Guilford is explaining Catch 22 to dad as he's running to get into the plane. Yeah. And, and dad says... That's some catch that catch twenty two, and Jack says it's the best there is, and I wanted to I want to get that clip. We can't do it, but get that clip from the movie and just manipulate the sound. So he's saying that's some batch that batch twenty two. If people went around saying they can't do it, Jeff Bezos wouldn't be in outer space. Let's face it. Uh, well, you know who went to outer space today? Do you know I don't. who went to outer space today? Oh, did Shatner go? Shatner went to outer did space. Did it? Did it actually happen? To, oh my God! Yeah. I, I, I didn't think that was really going to happen. I thought it was just a joke. He went to outer space. Did he come back? <laughs> no, he decided to stay. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "I feel so at home here." I mean, how long a trip is it in outer I mean, space? He, he, he was up there, and then he somebody yelled "cut," and he said, "Oh, I'll be in my trailer," and he opened the door, and they all died. Wow. Um. I mean, is it is it like oh, up? You're in space, and then you come back down. I'm assuming it's like five minutes. You're in space. The whole trip, I think, was eleven minutes from blast off to seventeen seconds in space, and then back down. Right. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's great. He's he's uh, probably the oldest person to go to space. Then he is the oldest person to go to space at eighty years old. Other than Willie Nelson, I think he's the oldest person to go to space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's good. How you doing? I'm good. I'm I'm you know I'm a little frazzled. There's a lot of work and moving parts and things. Uh, this this week has been uh, has been busy. A lot of stuff going on. All all good. But um, you know when you do a lot of different things, all those different things have different things in them. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's things. not just one thing. You you know like you do this. We podcast for we do this podcast for instance and. You go well. That's just a, that's just a thing we do on a Wednesday night. It's like no, that's no. Um, movies and thinking about the movie and planning what we'll talk about and all of that. This is the different parts of the of the thing, just right. like have everything else we do. Movie, have to watch the movie. Have to make the the advertisement things on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Have to make the credit sequence. For all of each. which is fun and great, and we love to do. But as an example, for as instance. We Other things we do that we don't like doing, there's a lot of things you got to do. 
Yeah, we don't want to be uh, we don't want to be complaining to our listeners about oh we hate doing this thing that we but we do it for you. No, We're no, this in. was purely an example of a of thing having other things in it. That's <laughs> all I meant. Yeah. yeah, it's not just us sitting here talking. No. This is the fun part where ah. we get to just sit to and talk to each other. This is a relief. And there's there's several hours of work that goes into this. Sure, I know it seems like it's completely impromptu. But we write a script every week. Yeah. We rehearse. No. This is like David Mamet to the letter. Every yeah. um and huh yeah. is detailed. Yeah. Um, um. So anyway, I'm good. Are you Are you good? I obviously have good news. Batch 22, trademark. News, but then I, I had my, uh, my booster shot on Friday. Congratulations. Had, uh, well, that means you're old enough to get one, which is, that's... Thank you. Yes, thank you for. I'm not old. I'm not old enough to get one yet. Yeah. No, I am pretty okay, much. Um, had my booster, and uh, had my own little version of Lost Weekend uh, because of it, and um, watched lay on the couch and watched uh, all of Squid Game, which I haven't even seen any of yet. Um, yeah. Looking forward to it. It's pretty great. I hear it's great spectacular performances um i hear the squid is really surprisingly good and game do uh, anything that squid that, that squid is <laughs> you call him at one o'clock in the he's morning and say, so, hey, you he's a friend i'm yeah. game sure let's do <laughs> yeah. it let's go um no that movie i mean this movie i would say is tentacular i mean i'm sorry <laughs> did i say that <laughs> Um, I will, uh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, don't, I don't want to know anything about it. The only thing I've heard so far is it's a little bit like, uh, Battle Royale-esque kind of in terms of its plot. It's reminiscent of Battle Royale. That's all you I've heard. You said you don't want to know anything, so I'm not going to say anything. Um, while you're drinking, uh, was there anything else you want me to do for the show while you're... While I'm having just, a beverage, <laughs> just talk to the people. Talk to the people, please, so I okay. can drink. Um, so, well, I I feel personally that we need to. I'd like to make an announcement on, on the show's behalf. I'd like to make an apology. Um, oh yeah, we need to apologize. We've we've done it again. Um, we came across a problem, and that problem is, if you just checked us out on social media, you see two things that are wrong. One. Maybe we're not wrong. doing the movie that we said we were going to do. No, we're bad people. We said we were good. We have excuses. I'm sure they want to hear that about as much as us complaining about doing a podcast. <laughs> your excuses are your own. <laughs> so there are excuses. We'd picked Christine originally. And, yeah. um, and then Matthew brought up Trilogy of Terror. Yeah. Should because, I tell them the embarrassing reason why we had to? Well, I was debating whether to actually do it. It was It's not my story to tell. It, it's, 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 you can tell it. It's not, I didn't it's do anything my, wrong. It's not my, it's not my story to tell. Somebody tried to buy about $500 worth. I got a call. I was in my car and I got the a donut call. travesty. Yeah. Somebody called me and said, did you just buy, try to buy $500 worth of donuts? Did we talk about this on the show last week? I think week? we said this yeah. on the show, but they don't know right. the out. No one knows the outcome of this. So they had to cancel my card, my debit card, and send me a new one, and uh, and I had to wait for that card to arrive. Now, now I wasn't starving. They were able to immediately load the new card onto my uh, Google Pay app on my phone, so I was able to get cash. I was able to do all that. But you know what? Interestingly, I was not able to do. I wasn't able to do anything online. Because you need the the entire card number, so I couldn't order a movie on Amazon Prime to watch it. Okay. So so. So Anthony you hear you I, hear this story is sad. Very sad. So Anthony and I had to look through the free movies on Amazon Prime to watch, mm. so that I could watch it. Um. And that's what we did. Because Christine, the movie was Christine. We were originally going to watch this week, and that you have you, you have to pay for rent that and three dollars and, yeah. and ninety nine cents, which I couldn't do. And it's, it doesn't seem to be available anywhere else, like on Tubi or Mubi or 
whatever. Well, and even if it was, if you had to pay for it, I had no. You card don't not on not on Tubi. Movie. But I do. Oh, you don't. But I have a card now. I can watch. Things so right. we could. We have a choice here, everybody. We could. You could watch us watch Christine because Matthew can see it now. Yeah. Or we could talk about Trilogy of Terror, which was the second choice uh, that we had, which was free to see streaming. Yes. So we chose that. And um, and the other reason we thought it was a great idea and that everybody out there might really think this was actually a better move than doing Christine was because Matthew's friends like really tight with one of the one of the people who's in Trilogy of Terror. Yes. And he was like, I bet we could get him on the show. And I was like, no. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, prove it. And he's like, he's in. He, I called him. He wants to do it. So I put, I put the poster out. It went on up on Instagram. Oh, I worked for um, about really 15 minutes on that. And it's wow, got, I owe you 15 minutes. And it says live tonight with special guest George Harrison, which I thought would get Gregory, a lot of viewers. Gregory. I know, but I thought we'd get more viewers in the sucker. <laughs> George Harrison would be great. Gregory Harrison would be our special guest, and and he's not. No, he's not in he the has building. A publicity thing he had to do for a show that he's shooting right now, but he we are going to have him back for something bigger and better. Razorback. If he's a working actor, I don't know if we really want to. Is he belong on the show? If he's a working actor. <laughs> yeah. It's this is Haspins only. <laughs> only Haspins on this show. Um, so Gregory, anyway, apologizing to everybody. Yeah. Not Christine. It's a movie you haven't seen. You're completely unprepared, and the guest is not here, and it's a disaster. This was Gregory's breakout movie. Not exactly. You know who he was in this, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. He was the final boyfriend. The final. Yeah. Well, the I like to call him the final boyfriend. The final boyfriend. The fly. The final fly in the web cast by Julie. By yeah. Julie, exactly. Yeah. So. Um, I have to say, I, I, I was excited to see Christine. I'm, I'm actually equally excited to talk about Trilogy of Terror. But we should tell people we're not going to do Christine next week. We're going to do it the following week. I've already said, you please tell them what. I don't know. I thought next we were week, doing Christine next, next week. No, next week we're doing Chud. Oh, next week is Chud. And we because also I have, have a good, guest. I have another good friend. Who's sure to be who, here who starred in Chud, who's going to, who's going to do it. Okay. Next week. Well, I'm, uh, I'd like some kind of paperwork. So before <laughs> yeah. I do the poster, Chris Curry, who I believe made his screen debut in Chud. Do you know what Chud stands for? Yes. Oh, you want me to say it? Cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. Um, it's a classic of the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. We have, we have special things lined up. So as, as you know, I know tonight's a huge disappointment. Pretty, it's pretty bad for all of us. For nobody if, more we can, if we can get through this, <clears throat> we have good times coming down the pike uh, in the future. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I guess we, we've vamped. Have we vamped as long as we need to do you have other vamping to do we've done 13 minutes and 43 seconds of vamping, vamping. um which is an appropriate thing like halloween's coming up sure I'm vamping it's it's an appropriate <laughs> halloween term for noodling yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> um well i i think there's a lot to talk about with this film so we could vamp in the middle of that probably but let's get to it trilogy okay. of terror Trilogy of Terror, 1975, Karen Black playing four roles in three short films based on stories by Richard Matheson, who wrote many episodes of The Twilight Zone. Also and also some 19... of the great horror novels ever. And he wrote 1957's The Incredible Shrinking Man. Yeah. He also nightmares. He also wrote the novel to I Am Legend, and yep. uh, which was the basis for uh, all zombie movies and literature to follow. Yeah, genius. One of the Big great guy. horror writers ever. Big guy. Um, um and this is directed by uh, Dan Curtis, writer, producer, director, Dark Shadows, Night Stalker, Winds of War, War and Remembrance. 
a lot of television. That is all true. And photographed by, do you know about this? No, this I don't know. Because I, I leave the technical art, art, artistic stuff to you. That's your first of many mistakes. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, uh, yeah, this was shot by Paul Lohman, who's the director of photography. Get this. He shot, he shot th three movies. He shot Nashville. He shot California Split. Um, he shot North Dallas 40. Wow. He shot um, High Anxiety, Silent Movie, The White Buffalo, Endangered Species, Looker, um, Mommy Dearest. Wow. And Meteor, among other films. So um, he worked. He worked a lot and, and shot Nashville. He worked, he worked with Altman like three times, this guy. Wow. Yeah, like a heavy hitter doing this crazy tv movie who knows where or how it got made it looks like it was shot with gilligan's gilligan island you know craft service tables set up in the background yeah yeah in in it looks like it was shot in four days well it's a th three stories that's yeah. enough time yeah um it looks a lot like uh, if you ever seen like like night gallery you ever seen the yeah. night gallery? It looks exactly like night gallery. It's got the same color palettes and the same stock and the same everything. Well, I think, I, oh, actually it's night gal. It's uh, Dan Curtis directed uh, or produced some of the night gallery. That's right. Not night stalker, night gallery. That's what he worked on. I had that wrong. Um, didn't he do night stalker also? Cause isn't there, isn't there someone make yeah. a night stalker reference in it? Maybe. There's the, the, at the concession stand in the, in the, um, drive-in somebody makes a night stalker comment I oh think. yeah i think there's an inside joke about it so you might have done both mm. but anyway okay so this is this crazy um anthology movie and i was thinking about this how um how weird it is that horror as a genre has had these anthology films for forever since the beginning yeah. there's no yeah. other genre really that that has a collection of short films within it really like this it's it's no. crazy yeah tales of the crypt you've got um the twilight zone movie you've got what else do you have oh you've got asylum you've got the house that dripped blood you've got cat's eye creep show one and two dead of night tales from the uh, crypt you said spirits of the dead from fellini and a bunch of other italian filmmakers plus this actually goes back to like uh, i think there's a film called Haxon which is a famous film from the 30s, which is a black and white film about witchcraft. And there's, that's very episodic. Um, it's just, it's so interesting how, how this genre lends itself. Oh, then there's also, of course, like, you know, newer versions of it, like VHS and the ABCs of, of horror. I mean, it, it, it's, it, there's a lot of really great anthology horror film uh, collections. And, and I can't think of really any other I mean, they don't have like romantic comedy anthology films. No, and when they do something like that, it is interwoven stories. Like Love Actually is sort of right, sort of an anthology, but they weave more interweaving. They don't tell one and then the next and yeah. then the next. They weave you know, them. That's one... that's the international film symbol for weaving stories together. Is it okay? Hand. I don't live out in LA, so I don't pick up on the newest <laughs> That's stuff. That's what we do but, out here. Yeah, um, I, I take it back. There, I mean, there is one film I can think of actually off the top of my head uh, called Wild Tales, which is a, I think a, if I'm not mistaken, a Spanish film. Uh, is it Spanish? I think so. Anyway, uh, came out about four years ago, five five years ago, maybe. Uh, I think it won an Oscar, and it's they're not horror pieces. They're several short films together in one. Um, but a lot of the famous ones are different directors do, do, do different, mm. different episodes. Right. Um, this one's all one director. This is all Mr. Curtis, but, um, I thought that was really weird and interesting. I don't know why that is though. I maybe, don't know it's, why. maybe it's just fans of horror, just like a lot of horror, a lot of you know, horror. the more, the better. There's not a lot of horror here. No, there's, there is, there's not a lot. 
But what there um, is <laughs> is one one thing that this movie does so well that it's all I remembered from having seen it when it was first on, mm-hmm. and it still scares me. Yeah, and and I thought, well, maybe seeing it again, I will laugh at it. Nope, didn't laugh at it. Still it's it's me. really it's really crazy. This it this is. This movie is world famous. It's it's a horror legend. I mean, it really is. It's a very famous movie. Horror fans go crazy for it. And it's it's because of the last half hour, the the last film, which is called Amelia, which of course I think is just fantastic. Yes. Um and uh it's it's based on a short story of Richard Matheson's called Prey. P R E Y. And um it's a very short great story of his. It's exactly like the film. Like, exactly. I've actually been nerding out and reading it. Here's the book. Here it is. Oh. Read some of this if you if you all are interested. I'm holding up okay. some collected works of Richard Matheson. Prey is in here. And it's the same thing. It's exactly this, almost word for word. This last one, you've got, like, an hour, two, two different episodes that are, like, some musty murder she wrote, kind of, like, Barnaby Jones <laughs> level, if, you know. If those were written by a high school student, um, they're that bad. They're pretty rough. They're and pretty the rough. Performances. Well, one of the performances is horrible. I mean, we're not talking about Karen Black. One of the, her husband. I'm sorry. Who was her husband in real life? Yeah, he plays his boyfriend. Not boyfriend. He's her stalker in in the first in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, although there's a twist who's stalking who there is a twist Um, you didn't like his work I thought he was one of the worst actors I've ever seen now granted he didn't have great material to work with no because when you have a line like "No, no board of trustees tells me who to see or not to see I do what I want I, you know, I don't know what you do. With it that. was better than the original line, which was, I do the seeing that I want to see. Yeah. And they, yeah. he rewrote that. So it got better. Or the um, pickup line, you know, you know, my hobby is photography. Uh, he says, you know, he says he's taking a literature class that she's teaching. And then he says something like, but then I, I tend to think in pictures. You know, my hobby is photography. Yeah, there's good stuff. Yeah, it's good, good. There's good, good stuff. Dialogue. Um, well, he does, uh, he does, uh, what is a yeoman? Can I ask you that? A, a yeoman is a, uh, it's like one of the lowest ranks on a ship, but it's lower. I mean, it's, it's the, it's, I think the second rank, there's like just sailor and then there's yeoman. It's sort of like, I think it's similar to, to corporal, which is above a private. Then, then my, <clears throat> My statement is nonsensical, and I will not continue. Uh, they, they work very hard, is okay. what they do. They work okay. incredibly hard, yeomen do. So when you say he does a yeoman's job, that means he's working hard. Uh, I take, I, w- I'm, I will, you will not make me say this, because I was wrong. He's not working hard? I don't think so. No, no. I don't think by anybody's definition is he working hard. Or um, more well. No, I don't like to... Uh, I don't like to cast aspersions on performers, but there was a there was something wrong here, and um, and it was his fault, uh, <laughs> yeah. due to his acting. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know there 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 are there is there are pleasures in these other movies though. Yeah. Um, she's she's such a weird and interesting actor though that yeah. I I liked watching her in, in all of these. I have to admit. Maybe, maybe we should give a short rundown as as we go through each movie. A short rundown of the plot. Okay. So first, the first first movie. You you take the first one. I can't remember what it, they're all named different names. Yeah, I have the it. names written down here. So the first one is called Julie. So Julie is about a uh, a. A, a school a professor at a university, uh, a woman played by Karen Black, who um, is somehow described by other people in the film as being kind of frumpy or not attractive or I don't know, like if she if you only did something with yourself, you'd be so great and men would like to date you. That kind of 70s yeah. nonsense is discussed. Yeah. 
But meanwhile, she is clearly the most, like, like objectively beautiful person in like on campus anywhere. Well, basically, what they do with her is she's she's Donna Reed in the scene from It's a Wonderful Life. Yes, I know. She's at the library. I, I, I always just find it so funny that that, that people always. Like categorize that look as not being attractive or sexy because I disagree entirely. But um, completely. My but, point but being, part of what's attractive and sexy about it is the is that thing that they do raise in the movie that is that what will teacher look like when she takes her glasses off and lets her hair down out. Wow. Of that. So there's things to unpack in this film after all you there said are, there, there are, are none but look unpack. at you go there's some deep yeah well i have some things stuff to say about it yeah um so so what happens so she's this this buttoned she, up she's teacher. kind of a yeah it seems a little maybe a little repressed all about work all about yeah. like work she goes home after work and just does paperwork and stuff and, and her roommate you know because teachers have young yes. teachers have roommates right roommates and her roommate is a very caring friend who objectifies her and kind of says she's not doing enough to look good for the boys and she should just do these things and she'd be happier right. i'm just looking out for you i'm your friend she's yeah. the worst friend in the in history she's horrible right Anyway, that's her situation, and we 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 meet her at school with a, a a young guy who's probably a looks like a junior. I'm gonna say I don't know. He, he's carefree junior, enough to have his own a car. Executive somewhere. He's a junior in college who looks like he's in his early forties. Yeah, and um, so he's kind of like a, a Lothario hanging around campus, you know, ogling women and bragging to his friend about his exploits and he's kind of makes a bet that he's going to get with um, Karen Black. And uh, it's not allowed for teachers to date students, but she ends up going on a date with him anyway. Yeah. To a movie. So they go to a horror movie, which she says she doesn't like, but she goes anyway. She goes anyway. And he basically and then, date rapes her, right? Not well, basically. I mean, literally, I think literally is what you're, the word you're looking for. I mean, yeah. well, to be technical about it, he roofies her um, yep. and takes her back to his place or her place, I forget where, and uh, and takes dirty pictures of her. But you don't know if, you don't know what else happens. But that's that's but a the last thing you see after the pictures is him starting to get undressed and lying down next to her. So. Oh, I was covering my eyes. I don't oh. wish to see <laughs> yeah. that. I don't know what happened there. Um, anyway, so yeah, so he blackmails her into kind of being her, being his girlfriend, and says, "I'll out you as being this, you know, hussy around campus if you don't do what I say." And yeah. so she has to obey his commands. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm thinking we just spoil this completely. We because, spoil everything. We do um, that. On the it's show. a bit pre-spoiled, actually. Anyhow, the yeah. movie. Uh Turns out she's got mind control powers, or she's a witch of some kind. Yeah. And she um, has implanted uh, in his mind uh, the desire to uh, take nasty pictures of her, because she's actually quite nasty herself. Yes. And, um, and she's able to, like, she's got Darth Vader powers, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Um, he, he, she gets a little Commander Veer's action, and yeah. uh, starts to choke on his own soul, apparently. Right. And he dies. And he died. Did she? Was that was that mind control, or did he drink something? Did she poison him? It's not clear. You don't. I mean, if she but can implant, died. if she if she can implant thoughts into his head, then why, why not? Right. I mean, <laughs> why? It seems like a writing mistake to have her poison yeah. him at that point. Right. So she kills him. Um, it's not over yet. Does. It's not over yet, though. Not over yet. And then, who shows up? George Harrison from the Beatles. <laughs> That's what makes this movie so interesting. I mean, it, you don't think it's going to happen, and then you're like, George Harrison must have been like a big Easy Rider fan. Oh, you're beast. My poor friend Gregory is going to be so sad. My friend Gregory Harrison shows up in his very first television appearance. Gregory Harrison, who went on to become Gonzo in Trapper MD and then star in uh, Steel Pier on Broadway and uh, 
I think he did some uh, turn in Chicago on Broadway. So he uh, can dance and sing and he, he looks can, like that? He actually can sing and dance and he looks like that. Um, listen, you want to know humiliation? I have worked with this guy three times. I've done three things with him. Mm -hmm. And um, you wouldn't know it now to look at me. But back in the day, I wasn't a great looking guy, but I was I was good enough looking that I could be sort of the 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 character leading man, not the leading man, leading man, but the character leading man. So occasionally when I was doing a play, I got to kiss the girl. You know, that happened. The three times that I worked with Gregory. No, didn't get to kiss the girl. I Even was, though it was written into the script, they just I wouldn't do it. Idiot sidekick. <laughs> Every time I worked with Gregory, mm -hmm. I was the idiot. Hi, I'm I'm gonna just be here for the comic relief. You go kiss the pretty girl. Um, okay, pretty yeah. horrible. Well, yeah. uh, that sounds yeah. depressing. It does. Yeah. But he's a good guy. Look, I wish I knew. I'd love to be talking to him sometime tonight, but that's not going to happen. A nice song, courtesy of Maddie Blake. <laughs> in the way she kills. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed, Mr. Blake. Um, so Gregory shows up for some tutoring. And, uh, and Julie says, I think we're going to be very good friends. It's like the end of Casablanca. Yeah. This is the beginning of a beautiful, uh, oh, I'm dying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so let's unpack this first episode, Julie. It's basically a valise, Matthew. It'll take two minutes, <laughs> just a second. But there is a, well, you know what? There's, there is some morality going on that runs through all three of these, and I think we'll get to it maybe after we discuss all three of the movies because there's some there's some morality hollywood morality trope action going on in these three harm okay let me take a guess don't roofie people because they might be a witch is that what the moral of the tale is that's what i got out of it i don't know i mean i wasn't gonna roofie anybody but i, I felt like that's what it was trying to tell me yeah, that's part of it, but also it it's it's view of women, right? It's that sex is bad. Sex is bad. The sexy girls are bad. Except mm -hmm. in this one, it's a, the it's the it's the not sexy. Like she has. But to see the problem. No, yes okay but i don't understand i mean then you're getting mixed messages because it might be saying one thing but that it's showing you basically sure. her in lingerie teaching the class so i don't know what she's not in lingerie there is a leg shot in the beginning of this that is like oh, yeah. ridiculous right. yeah all right okay so all right. no i don't i mean sure there's some morality here perhaps but um you know, I don't trust it because I feel like the morality would be coming from somebody like her roommate. That's true. <laughs> Who's like, I know what's best for you. You're not looking very well. Go out to go make yourself prettier and go out and pick guys up at bars. Go get roofie to something. You're just sitting around the house. Okay, can we talk about some some filmmaking just glaring mistakes in this that were uh, just flabbergasting to me? Go, yeah, have at it. I, I, I was, I, I was enjoying myself immensely. I didn't see any mistakes. <laughs> There's a shot. There's a scene where he goes to her house, like to spy on her, and he's standing outside her house, and she's in a huge room, and she starts getting undressed, and she <laughs> walks way, way far away from the camera, towards windows that are covered with drapes. And then we cut to him looking up. Presumably the camera is where the windows are that he might be looking through. But she's across the room on the other side, standing in front of windows with drapes. What is he looking at? There's no, there's no correspondence. They keep cutting back and forth. The angle that he's looking, he could not see her any, anywhere. There's nothing he could see of any kind. 
I, for a minute, I thought you were saying there was something wrong with the movie because you couldn't see her naked, and that that was what was wrong with the movie. No, no, he. It's like he could not see. It's literally see. like cutting between things that bear no relation. Yeah, that was very strange. Also, and then, they, then, then if she if. Well, I mean, my, to continue this point, if she, he couldn't see her, which she would know being a witch, why is she getting undressed in the middle of the living room and slinking around like that? Exactly. I couldn't understand anything <laughs> that was going on. And then they're, they're writing things of like her saying, him coming over and saying, I want you to to go to the movies with me, go to the drive-in with me. No, I I can't go out with you. And that's the end of the story. Cut to drive-in, two people in the front seat of the car. Cut to yeah. them driving <laughs> down the road in the car. But I don't know, wasn't that kind of part of the slippery, weird, like untrustworthy narrator brilliance of it all? Oh, I, I'm not gonna support any of these, these choices. These are mistakes. These are cinematic mistakes. It's a TV movie from what 1973? Yeah. Uh, I, no, five, 75. Uh, but they should I, have I known better I in 75. Didn't understand any and then very subtle things when he checks them into the hotel because that's where he date rapes her at a hotel. And he's checking them into the motel and uh, he has to uh, it's uh, he has to sign them in. It's me and my wife, Mr. and Mrs. Jonathan Harker. Mm. That's a subtle reference there. Yeah, well, it is. You know, but my point is, if Richard Matheson might have written that, and in context of the novel, or said in a better way, actor-wise, it could have it could have been worked because I think you know it kind of implies that you know that it's. It might be a char- like a character thing. Like he's not, he doesn't tell very good jokes, this guy. Right, but I also it also made me think, well, this is going to morph into a vampire thing. She's going to be a vampire. I expected her to, you know, bite him at the end at least. But no, she just no. chokes him out. Chokes him like Darth Vader. Yeah. Which is scary. That's pretty scary. It is. Um, it didn't scare me at all. How? I want you to be completely honest. Other than looking great, because George Harrison looks great. Uh, you, I mean, your friend Gregory Harrison, I'm sorry. Yes. How do you think he did in this film? I, I, think, he, I think he was great. I think he was literally he one was of the most natural, natural yeah. things in the movie. It was like a bright light bulb in the midst of, of a dim... Here's exactly what it was like. It, it was like somebody knocked on a door... And said someone came in, and you, he came in, and it was like a regular person standing there. Yeah, and charming. But Gre- yeah. Gregory has tremendous, tremendous natural charm. Well, I hope I'm not, he's listening. God, I'm I not buttering him up because I, I'm, you know, hoping he'll come to the show. Or I know he'll, I know he'll be here, and we'll have a he'll real be. conversation. But I just thought, you know, it was really a relief that he wasn't terrible. Because if he'd been terrible, what were we going to do? And he could have been terrible. It was his very first TV thing. I've, I've been terrible on Insta. You should yes. see some of my soap opera work. I did. I've been remarkable. Oh, I, I, I saw it. On, on All My Children and, mm. and Another World, embarrassing. Right, but that doesn't mean you want to go and have people tell you that you were bad on a show where people are <laughs> listening. That's true. That's true. So I was glad that, you know... That it, it was, uh, it was the he was the best thing in the movie, yeah. in, in that one. Yeah. Okay. And he was the best thing in the second one, and he's not in it. <laughs> he's not in. It. <laughs> okay. Are we moving on to Millicent and Therese? Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. We're moving. You take on the Millicent. lead on Millicent and okay. Therese. Millicent and Therese starts with the incredible with Millicent, the incredibly um, spinsterish uptight sister but like spinsterist from 1910 i mean she's literally like got a lace collar and pearls and uh. writing about her sister who's just evil and my sister writing in her diary and how she's a satanist and she's into the occult and and calling the the family doctor who has to come over to treat her 
Um, the family doctor who's both a psychiatrist and apparently treats people with tuberculosis because there's scenes of him in his office looking at lung x-rays. So I don't understand what doctor does. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand what doctor has a practice uh. that encompasses both of those things. That's amazing. But, but he comes, she's like, you've got to come over. She's, she's just being terrible and blah, 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 blah. You know, she killed mother. She slept with father. That's why mother killed herself. And the doctor comes over. To, the great George Gaines, though. Who just is not, a I mean... spectacular actor. If you don't know him, it, go, go watch Tootsie again, because he is just something I to behold. I couldn't remember where I'd seen him, and then Amelia was like, Tootsie, and I'm like, everything Tootsie. came flooding back. He's so funny in that. He's the bad soap opera, the older soap opera guy in Tootsie, and yeah. he's spectacular. And he's wonderful in this, it, with horrible things to do just embarrassing mm. um, so he comes over to the house because Millicent has requested him to be there to, to help with Therese yes. ben. and then he shows up and instead of Millicent opening the door Therese opens the door which is Karen Black playing the other character and she's in you know a mini skirt and a blonde wig instead of the spencer wig and very sexy and trying to seduce the doctor and then uh, there's moments in this where where she's like well sit to, pats the couch next to her and i i don't know why the doctor does listens to her and sits down right next to her on the couch but he does um but the seduction doesn't go well and he leaves well, what's he gonna do sit around and look at lungs all day <laughs> right <laughs> and then he leaves and then Millicent decides, oh, I know how to control, I know how to take charge of Therese. I'll turn her own stuff against her. And she decides to use a voodoo doll and kill Therese with the voodoo doll, and she does. Yeah. I'm assuming then, the voodoo doll must have been from that voodoo collection uh, that her sister had or something, because yeah. just, she just since has the doll. She just simply just gets a doll. And yeah. She gets the voodoo doll, kills her sister with the voodoo doll. Doctor shows up and is looking at the dead Therese, the, the sexy wild one. And, who's been murdered. Who's been murdered by voodoo, by her spinsterish sister, Millicent. And then as the guys from the mortuary or the ambulance are about to take her away, he says, wait a moment. And he wipes her lipstick off and takes the blonde wig off. And it turns out that it is Millicent, that they are the same person. It's the most advanced case of multiple personality I've ever seen. The greatest end line yeah, ever, so ever. Actually, Voodoo killed herself. The most severe case of, yeah, it's so great. Yeah. Um, there is actually a really cool moment, though. I, I, I'm going to give just give a little props to this movie because before you find out that she's wearing a wig and it's the sister because she's in make in a costume. The the one who's been murdered, the sexy sister, is on the floor dead, and she's holding the voodoo doll. The sexy sister on the floor is holding the voodoo doll. Yeah, she's got the voodoo doll. And at uh... first, you're like, the, the first time you see that, it's just it's in the corner. It's just in the corner of the shot. It's not like a close up of anything. But she's right. got the doll, and, and it's subtle doesn't... enough. At first, you're just like, wait a minute, why, why does why would she have the doll? Why would she have the doll? So you know, I mean, they they did that, and I I must admit, this is a stupid movie. But I didn't I didn't guess that this was the the hook. I didn't. Maybe I'm I an idiot. Either. I didn't either. When and it happened, I was the, like, of course, I should have thought of that. Of course they were twins. Right. But they were smart in because they they bill it as her playing two different roles. So I'm thinking, oh, this is, uh, you know, this is Meg Ryan in, in, in Joe versus a Volcano. She's playing three different roles. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. You know, nope. Um, okay. Um, so in fact, thing, she's really, really does only play three characters in this in this right. trilogy. One of them happens to be a dual personality. Yeah, I think they use that as an enticement to get Karen Black to do the movie. They're like, look, it's not just three roles. It's four it's parts. Four. You're gonna, and you get paid for each one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing I loved about this is uh, 
the the uh, character development with uh, Millicent, with the spinsterish uh, personality, uh, that she didn't ever say uh, evil. She said evil, mm. evil. I think that they was had a... a dialect coach on on set, probably saying um, that's that's the spinster dialect. My sister is evil. Well, that's also the evil way to say evil. So uh, it's a tip off that she's actually the oh she's, she's the bad one. Evil. Yeah, because the bad guys always say I'm evil. I'm evil. Yeah. Um, there was a shot in this again that I don't understand. Um, there's the container. There's a silver filigreed container that has the voodoo pin in it with which you're going to stick the doll, right? And she walks over to the table and she opens up the container and she takes the pin out and we're on a close-up of the container on the table and she takes the pin out and walks away and the camera just stays there on the table with an empty container mm -hmm. on it for a good five seconds. As if, aha! <laughs> and you're like, what? Uh, well, we're just uh -huh. looking at like, oh, yeah. okay. Don't know why we lingered yeah. on that for a long time. They're kind of like, this is the greatest voodoo pin container she, you've ever seen, isn't you've it? You've ever like, seen. Can't deny yeah. it. Um, but, uh, yeah. That's that film. I mean, what else can you say There's about it? really very little else. It's like say. a B-plot from a from some you know love boat episode it really is just you know bottom of the barrel tv stuff 70s stuff right but before we we move on from that i do want to just talk a little bit about what a fascinating guy george gaines was completely separate from his acting career do you know anything about his history uh no Born uh, in Finland, right at the fall of the Russian Empire, like in 1917. Um, then grew up in, in France and Switzerland. And then um, lived was living in France during the Battle of France in World War II, the fall of France. Um, and uh, attempted to flee the occupation of France by the, by the Nazi occupying army, crossed the Pyrenees into neutral Spain and was arrested for illegally crossing the border, released and joined the Royal Netherlands Navy and spoke Dutch, English, French, Italian, and Russian and was then detached to the British Royal Navy to serve as a translator. Took part in the Allied invasion of Sicily, landed on the beach at Anzio, which they've made a lot of movies about, uh, and took part in the Adriatic campaign. Wow. Didn't know that about kind George Gaines. Crazy, That's incredible. Crazy, amazing. Early, and, then, and then became like uh, an actor became like a b actor it's yeah. amazing that's yeah. really amazing to live All a right. life like that good for him be like you know i'm just gonna go have fun and make some television and some movies. it sounds like a good plan actually after all that action <laughs> yeah exactly jeez but yeah after, but after... To look at him and to watch his work you would never know that there was no like that kind of you know you you'd think that somebody who went through all of that would be like a bogey you know? Yeah, no, this guy just seems like a kind of a... That's amazing. George Gaines. Well, now I'm yeah, a real fan. Crazy. Now I'm a real fan. I want to see the George Gaines movie. That's the yeah. life story is what we need. Yeah. Alright, let's get to the big Let's get to the big show here. Let's get to the thing. Let's get to the it. Thing that, yeah, because this is why this is why 40 years more than four, 45 years after seeing this the first time. Part three, mm -hmm. it stays with you. I mean, this is still a thing. 
it's like everybody who made this it's the same director same team everybody's the same on this one as the other two and it's like everybody woke up they were just like oh wait we got to make a movie and then they got to work and this thing <laughs> is unbelievable it's so it's so much better in every possible way than the other two I, I you honestly don't even know how it's possible to if you it's like if you can make something this good how could you how could you physically make it that bad i mean it it just doesn't make any sense yeah it's so tight it's so well shot it's so well edited it's such a freak show of like of of insanity i mean yeah. when things go off the rails here and they it takes a little while like it takes 15 minutes almost yeah and then when it does it is one of the craziest roller coasters in a movie it's just incredible yeah so the story here is um, Karen Black is playing Amelia, who is a, another kind of troubled young woman in, in a gallery here of young women with some problems. You know, um, here's a here's a young woman that lives in a in a very nice, well-appointed uh, Manhattan apartment. Looks like maybe it's on the Upper East Side somewhere. Yeah. Um, and uh, she comes home after work, and she's kind of getting ready for what you guess is a maybe a night out. She's got plans to see her new boyfriend and she's excited about that. And she's brought home a gift that she's going to give him because he's an anthropologist and she found something at the curio shop. She thinks he's really going to like. Yeah. And before she does anything, oh, he's going to like it. Before (laughs) she does anything, she opens the box and looks at it and we get to see it. And she it's what she calls a Zuni fetish doll. And I've since looked that up and I don't think that's an actual thing. I, I don't know for sure. But it's a um, it's a little doll, uh, little carved wooden doll um, that's a little warrior. He's like a little hunter warrior, and he he has a loincloth, and he has a he has really sharp teeth. He's got a he's got a jagged little spear in his hand, and he's just a scary little doll, about a foot tall, yep, or less. And um, she looks at it, and the scroll in the box. This is totally from Gremlins. The scroll says, you know. Congratulations, this is your killer doll, the Zuni hunter doll fetish. Um, whatever you do, don't take off the gold bracelet around its waist. That's all. Good night. And then Well, because the spirit of a warrior has is in the is in the doll. And, yeah, so they always say that. I never believe take, them. If you take the thing off, then the spirit and the doll become one again. Whatever. Don't what take happened? the thing of don't feed him after midnight. Don't, don't get him wet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so uh, she uh, then calls her mother or gets a phone call from her mother. Yeah. One or the other. But she sees her mother every Friday night. And during the during this phone call, which is also really well acted and it's a, kind of a well written scene, actually. And she's you, you become we you don't hear the mother, but you start to become aware that the mother is actually kind of really a problem horrible Horrible. and that this woman karen that amelia karen black's character is is actually very traumatized emotionally by her mother and has something really she's very damaged by this relationship there's something kind of wrong with her now actually yeah so she's trying to beg her mother not to forgive her i'm not coming tonight because i'm seeing this guy and her mother gets upset and she's like oh god so she ends up deciding to cancel plans with this guy uh, or she tells him that later. She goes to take a bath. Think about it. She puts a steak in the oven, goes to take a bath. Like you do. <laughs> I do. I'm going to do that after the show. You just throw steak a steak in the, in the oven. oven. <laughs> throw a steak in the oven, take a bath. Bad seasoning job. Just going to say, <laughs> the pepper was not evenly spread on that steak at all. Anyway, she comes back out after the bath. She's going to figure out what to do about this boyfriend and the, and the the doll's gone. Well, there's a great shot before that happens. Like she puts the doll down to go take the bath, and we stay on the doll. And what happens after she puts the doll down? Do you remember? It falls off the table. No, it, she puts it down. She oh, walks yeah. away, and the, the, the little yeah. chain falls off his waist. That's the, the, the this the reason I don't remember it. Matty Blake says, is the evil doll in Amelia the first Chucky poltergeist clown and doll killers to come, or is there another film from the 40s? Oh, there are other... Oh, 
there are others, Maddie, and I have them on Blu-ray. Oh, for well, sure. Well, there's the doll. There's the famous Twilight Zone doll. There's the famous um, Twilight Zone Telly doll Zavala. with Telly Savalas, but there's also yeah. the little dolls in the Twilight Zone, The Invaders, which this movie is actually based on. Ah. Um, Invaders is a famous Twilight Zone episode about an old woman who gets attacked by a tiny UFO and tiny little aliens. Played by this woman is played by Agnes Moorhead, who was in Citizen Frickin' Kane, and they have her on the roof of a barn, whacking at a spaceship with a broom. <laughs> and uh, there's a twist ending I don't want to give away, okay. <laughs> but that's it's it's based on that. Matheson wrote that, and then he was like, "Oh, I'm going to take this idea and kind of refine it, make it scarier." And here we have, uh, here we have this. I don't remember that moment because the ch I don't like the chain. The chain looks like it, it looks like a, a bar, something you'd get at a bar mitzvah. It doesn't look like part of the doll, and so it and it doesn't it falls off for no good reason. In the book, it's better explained. Right. Okay. Anyway, so keep, going. keep going. No, there's nothing left to say. The doll goes crazy. The doll comes alive and goes completely insane and tries to kill her with different utensils. Yeah. That's it. It is, sounds ridiculous. And believe it or not, a movie that basically is about a small puppet that's being wiggled around by somebody. Right. Um, and at times even is attached to Karen Black's arm, like in a- Or in her like neck. A, right. Yeah, like literally out of a Monty Python movie. Yeah, yeah. And they sell this thing. Little, little teeth. <laughs> they sell it like crazy. Oh, they sell it. I don't. And I don't know how it's so good. Well, I think. I think a lot of it. A lot of the credit for how they sell it goes to um, Walker Edmondson, Edmiston. Walker Edmiston is the a lot of animation. And he is the voice of the Zuni doll. He did. It is. I wish you had a clip of it. On it, we should have had a clip, an audio clip of it. The sound yeah, it I'm makes. For it. The sound it makes is is absolutely. It's both hysterically funny and terrifying, and then it's kind of so funny that you start laughing, and then you get afraid again. And I don't know that magic. It's a magic act. It, it's so silly. It's it's like literally like the level of special effects going on is almost the same as the killer rabbit from Monty Python, the Holy Grail. Like it's well, literally I, I, about that level. I wonder if we can get some sound uh, here. Can you hear this? Let's see. I can't hear anything. Wait, no, no, no. no a, this is an ad playing. I don't want you. Oh, to we hear can't hear it. Yeah, la 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 la. We gonna hear it. We gonna hear it. Let's hear some, uh, well, we're just, can you hear the music? I can't hear anything. I can hear you. There we go. Hold on. Where's the doll coming? <laughs> you can't really hear it. That high pitched shrieking and screaming is the doll. It, it, it's terrifying. And it, it's just so, it's so, it's got so much energy, this little doll. Oh That's the thing. It's like, it moves so fast. It tears across the floor. There's these amazing, like, low tracking shots that are really quickly going doll after cam. her feet. With, Great with, doll with, cam stuff. It's really, it's really cool. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a whole... There's a history of great dolls and scary dolls in movies. I mean, there's Twilight Zones ones. Barbara Dana says, what happened to the steak? Ah, oh, mom's oh, got mom, eyes on it. Steak, yeah. I don't want to give it away. Honestly, it comes into play here. It does come into play. It's very, you know, very smart there, mom. But uh, you need to see this one just to find out what happens. It's, you know, it is tr this movie, that doll has stayed with me. I mean, I referenced the doll and people know what I'm talking about. I mean, you can be talking to somebody and go, oh yeah, like, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. and people know exactly who you're doing immediately. The moment you hold up your hand, like you're holding a steak knife and go, yeah, 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 yeah. 
they yeah. Know, they know what movie you're talking about. That 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 prop, that the doll prop, you know, from that film. I think it's the most expensive. It's it's sold for more money than any prop in history. It's 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 really rather famous. And well, when she locks it in, she captures it in a uh, in a Samsonite suitcase. You remember Samsonites mm-hmm. made with that hard shell plastic? Yeah. She, she traps it in one of those, and it's got a steak knife, and it starts cutting its way out. And it's just, it's unstoppable. It's, it's unstoppably it's terrifying. It, it is absolutely unstoppably terrifying because it has that quality of like a rat loose in your apartment. Yeah. You, you just don't know where it's going to come where from at any moment. Yeah, you, you can't grab it. Could it. Hide, it could hide anywhere. You can't grab it because it's got really sharp teeth and a spear and knives and stuff. And it, it's going to bite you. It's going to stab you. It's going to, it's, and it, it yeah. is, it's, it's like, it's well. It's like a wind-up toy gone crazy. It's literally out of control, and they capture that crazy energy so well. I gotta say too, man. I mean, Karen Black sells, oh, sells it. it. Oh boy, she sells this thing so well. My God, she commits to it. It's fantastic. I mean, yeah. she really looks like she gets hurt doing this movie. Yeah. She takes some falls that look really painful. It's it's really out of control it feels like it it's like a hitch it feels like the way hitchcock would have done it yeah it's it's just brilliant twist, the great twist at the end the ending is terrifying that's the other thing it it's such a satisfying ending where the other two of these movies i mean you know it's nice to see gregory harrison at the end of one of them but it, it's it's not like he's disappointing but the stories don't culminate in anything at all do you know what this, this makes me want to go back and watch though a movie from 1973. There's another movie from this time that has stayed with me. Magic. No. Um, Kim Darby. Oh. And Jim Hutton. Timothy's Attack dad. The, the, the little people. Uh, in, it's called Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. Yeah, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. And they're whispering little little creatures. Yeah, she's no. And they hear, should we get her now? No, let's get her her later. And and then she looks out the shower curtain and they they look up at her and then they run. run. It's a great movie. There's creatures like that in, you know, there's tiny little creatures in movies are great. There's great ones in a movie called The Gate from Canada, maybe 83. Fantastic. Haven't seen that. If you include like puppets and, and things like that, then there's great ones throughout horror movies as well, like in Magic or, you know, um, there's some, there's some, I think Dr. Cyclops has a doll in it. Taraway, terrifying. Don't even, don't even. <laughs> um, and uh, what was the other one I was thinking of? Um, oh, even down to like the Saw movies have a icon of this, deranged little puppet that he uses it's just a it's just a scary thing it actually it it, it actually reminds me a little bit of thomas Ligotti. you know who he is no horror writer um modern day i for me he's the scariest writer i've ever read i've never read anything scarier than this guy's stuff and he has a whole philosophy of that humans are actually just puppets really and we don't know it and and there's a lot of images of puppets and dolls and broken dolls in his things, his stories, and they're terrifying. Hello, and puppet. This really has, I mean, Puppet Master stuff is great. I love the Puppet Master movies similar to this, but the energy mm-hmm. of this thing and, and how crazy it gets. You know the movie I think it reminds me most of? Um, do you remember the Twilight Zone the movie that came out yeah. in like yeah. 1980? Yeah. Um, you remember the terror at 20,000 feet, uh, version of, of it in that movie directed by George Miller. This is, I I felt the closest thing I've ever seen. Okay. Yeah. Really reminded me of that one. Cause that to me, that's the best one of those of that movie that that short is the best in that anthology, I think. Please, everybody, you owe it to yourself to see Trilogy of Terror. It just, just, Even just, if you just fast forward to the last... The watch last the end of the first it. one for, for uh, Gregory Harrison. Um, and then watch, watch this last one for half an hour of the best Halloween scares you're, you're going to get. Really good stuff. Really good stuff. Um, 
Well, I think we covered this one. Next I think week, so. Next week, we're going to have Chud, Cannibalistic Humanoid Underground Dwellers. Yes. With um, my friend, Chris Curry, who starred in it, and he'll be our guest to talk about that. And then the following week, we will do Christine, which does not star John Travolta. Exactly. He's that not is in not it. his debut, and he's not in it. And then we have to pick a fourth, uh, a fourth uh, horror movie. For... I pick. Let's say, right now, that it's The Devil's Reign. Okay. Don't know it. Never. John saw Travolta it. is in that movie. Okay. And William Shatner's in it. We talked about him today. Let's do that. And um, it's uh, it should be seen. Oh, that sounds great. All right. So Chud, Christine, The Devil's Reign for our Halloween October run. That's a good that's a good collection right there. Um, yeah. And we're going to stick to this plan. So if everybody wants to see these films in the coming weeks, we'll actually be talking about the films you've seen. Unless somebody tries to buy donuts with my debit card. My, I had a question about that. Yeah. So, did anybody see you getting these donuts? I didn't get the donuts. I swear to God. I feel like someone out there has been like, well, I saw him I did getting get donuts. Because donut I sent you a photograph of a donut the other day. Yeah, this isn't helping your case, my friend. Now I have to tell people, if they call tell me, what I, I have to tell the you. police that I, I all I know, though, is he <laughs> sent me a picture of a, one donut. I don't know about one the donut. other 299. One donut with what? What was on that one donut? It was a maple bacon donut, and you put an egg on it. A fried egg on top yeah. of a maple bacon donut. Which I applaud. It was pretty tasty. I really applaud that. Did you heat up the donut in the microwave a little bit? Oh, you know, I should have. I didn't do that. Silly me. Warm it up. Next time, next time I will. Warm yeah. it up. That's right. All right. So join us next week for Chud. Can't wait. Good night. Good night, sir. You've been listening to the Arkin Brothers talk about movies. That's my brother, Matthew Arkin. And that's my brother, Anthony Arkin. And we are interesting, irreverent, and irrelevant. But you can follow us on Instagram anyway. You can also subscribe to our newsletter and check out our merch. And you can do it all on our website. Just follow the link on your podcast app. Or if you really want to stalk us, head over to arkinbros.com. You'll learn more about us than anyone would ever want to know.